You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. To flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and this is going to be a very, very different show. As you may or may not know, I channel a group of entities known as the librarians. And the librarians are the keepers of universal wisdom. And when I channel them, the information that they provide me is wisdom that is applicable to anyone in a wide variety of circumstances. It is not specific to infidelity. It's not specific to betrayal. It's just galactic wisdom that is applicable to anybody on earth at this time. So what this show is, it is a conglomeration of my weekly channelings known as Coffee with the Librarians. If you like the information that you hear, if it resonates with you, I invite you to either subscribe to my channel on YouTube, which is Laura Cheadle, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E, Life Choreographer, or find me on Facebook, again, Laura Cheadle, because I go live just about every Tuesday with a channeling. I am doing this in kind of smaller chunks because the wisdom is deep and it takes a lot to process. Also, what I want you to know is the information that you hear that feels right to you is exactly what you need to hear at the time. And sometimes channeled information, it's almost like you can't hear it. You'll think, wait, what did she just say? I don't, wait, what is that? And if you have that experience, just know that either the information is not for you at this moment, at this time, or that it's going in on a subconscious level and it's doing its work inside. It's it's affecting you and impacting you in ways that you maybe don't consciously understand. So with that, here is a show that is all coffee with the librarians excerpts from my weekly channel enjoy and we will be back next week with more infidelity specific content hello and welcome to coffee with the librarians week of december 13th all right let's tune in today and see what is going on Oh, that's fast. Today, what the librarians want to talk about is, oh gosh, this is like so much all in the same time. It's about the power of being in the moment and the truth of that moment and the judgment that's around that. And it's it's all of those concepts all at the same time. The moment that we're in, I'm going fast. I'm sorry, it's coming in fast. 
The moment that we're in has the truth of that moment. The truth of that moment is what it is without judgment. If you have any feelings in that moment, those are the feelings that you have. And instead of judging them as I shouldn't be feeling this way, or I'm concerned with what somebody else is going to think about what I'm feeling, the truth in that moment is always what is happening in that moment within you. And sorry, there's a lot. What's interesting about that is that all of the people that we are with are also having their own moments and that their own moments are absolutely valid. And the message that they want to share today is how all of those truths are simultaneously being held all in the exact same moment. And that we don't have to share the truth of our experience with anybody else, and they don't have to share the truth of their experience with us. All we have to do is validate and know within ourselves that that truth is within us. When we communicate and try to let people know what we're feeling, We're turning over our power. Oh, we're turning over our power when we do that. Because instead of owning that truth of the moment for us, we are turning over our power and we're asking them, we're not asking them, we're seeking approval in a way from them. We're wanting to find out if what if if our truth is valid or not. And what they're saying is, Our truth is always valid. Their truth is always valid. I can stand here with a truth that is black and yours can be white. And those two truths are identical because they're both valid because I'm having that experience and you're having that experience. And I don't totally understand this, but when we go towards oneness, We are striving for a state of oneness. When we're moving towards that state of oneness, what is important is, this is the part I don't exactly understand, we don't share our truths. It's not that we're an island, but we don't have to share our truths. We can just accept that everybody is having an experience in that moment. And where we get into trouble and where the seeds of division get sown is where too often we try to talk about our experiences. That's the piece I don't totally understand. But what they're saying is, instead of seeking... Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Instead of seeking connection by sharing our experiences about our internal world and what's going on, sometimes the better way is to say... I am having an internal experience. I know you are having an internal experience and we can support each other in having that internal experience. And oftentimes the awareness that we're each having an internal experience is enough when we honor and validate that in each other that we don't have to come to, now that does make sense. We don't have to come to a common ground. We don't have to have a common understanding over This is pink, this is blue, this is black, this is white, this is good, this is bad. We don't have to have a common understanding. The only common understanding that we need to have is that we all have our own understanding. Whoa, that was it. The only understanding we have to have 
is that we're all having our own understanding. And that is the root of true oneness. That okayness and that understanding that everybody has their own understanding. Hmm. Okay, so that is the message for this week. It was fast and it was furious. True oneness is allowing everybody to have their own understanding. Huh, that's really cool. Yeah, they're saying it's okay to, they want to clarify that they're not telling us not to talk about <laughs> our understandings, but to attach less importance on it because that's a description of a thing. And anytime we try to describe a thing, the description is necessarily lacking because it doesn't have the full texture and the full awareness of the thing itself. So in trying to describe what a rose smells like, we lose the essence of the rose. So in trying to describe where we stand and why we feel the way we feel and why we think the way we think, we lose the essence of the thing. And instead of doing that, to tune back in, to feel the texture and the richness and the fullness of all of our own experiences, to acknowledge that everybody also has that experience and know with a cognitive awareness that the description is always limited. So even when somebody is telling you their experience, we get too locked in and think, well, they're describing it this way and this is what it is, instead of having that awareness that you cannot describe the scent of a rose. It will lose some. Oh, and that's what grace is. Huh. Grace is holding space and acknowledging and having that awareness that all of our descriptions are limited. Okay, they said this, this definitely takes a lot to think about. <laughs> so listen to this one again. Have a good week. And I can't wait to tune in next week because I feel like this was a lot. And I'm curious to see what comes next. Thanks for watching. See you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Hello there. I am Laura Cheadle and this is coffee, or in this case, tea, with the librarians week of December 20th, 2022. Uh, for those of you who are new, the librarians are a group of entities that I channel who are here to bring messages to all of humanity. So let's tune in. I've got something tickling me. Let's tune in and see what they have to say. This week's message is about the peace of darkness. And they're saying it's both P-E-A-C-E of darkness and P-I-E-C of darkness. The Peace of darkness, P-E-A-C-E, as in peace that we feel. The peace of the darkness comes, that, that, that peace comes from us stopping and from not doing. And they're saying there's so much traditional messaging around the winter solstice about going within and, and letting things die and all of this. And that's really, really good. But sometimes some of that 
hmm, kind of misses the mark, misses the message, because what it is truly about is not bringing in artificial light. That darkness is here, so we do not bring in artificial light. Oh, because we create the light on our own. And it's not that we can't listen to other, oh, that's interesting, luminaries. That's why we call people like a living luminary, because they do bring light to the world. So, yes. Yes, we can use, we can listen to other luminaries, but what this season is about is finding the light within. I need some tea. <coughs> there we go. All better. When we find the light within, then it can carry us through to the next season. This is a season of darkness intentionally for us to create and to find our own light. So again, it's not that it's bad to listen to other people. It's not too bad to get inspiration, but it's the reason behind why are we listening to other people? Why? Why are we reading the Bible? Why are we reading inspirational materials? Why are we watching videos and listening? In order to find our own light within. And the season of darkness is about getting so dark that we have no other choice except to turn within and to find our own light. So they're saying it's like the joke of the darkest time of year outside and not bringing in artificial light because we need to rest and we need to cocoon and we need to take time for ourselves. And also we need to take space and time away from seeing other people as our light. And we need to cultivate that light within. Now, what they're saying around the P-I-E-C is it just takes a piece that so often the frustration and the hopelessness that permeates the planet is because people think they have to do it all. When they hear this message, they're saying like some of you will hear this message and be like, I have to create my own line. I have to do all of this stuff. So now I have to X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a piece. You don't have to turn your light on so bright that it lights up the entire world. You have to find a piece of it yourself, a tiny P-I-E-C-E to create your P-E-A-C-E. That it's just finding that tiny little sliver, that tiny little piece of light in the darkness. And let go of all of these big dreams and big ideas. Let go of all of these big plans and just find a tiny piece because the piece will bring you peace. So that is the message this week. Have a great holiday season and I will see you next week. Bye. Hey there, good morning. Welcome to Coffee with the Librarians. Week of December 27th. Yeah, December 27th. Um, I'm excited to tune in and see what the message is because I don't know about you, but I was a little bit blown away in a good way from last week's message. So let's tune in and see what's coming today. What's coming in today is around ease and difficulty and mm, how we make everything so much more difficult than it needs to be. How ease is worlds were created 
through ease. Civilizations were created through ease. Human beings, this is funny, are created through and through ease. Yes, there are difficult moments. Yes, they're showing me like violent explosions of, you know, volcanoes and earthquakes. And there's those cataclysmic events. But the process, the unfolding is ease. And they're saying, I, I, I can't really translate this exactly because I, I, I'm the word is, is stuck. It's not that they don't know how we got so far off track that we started to make things difficult. They do know how we got so off track and started believing that creation was difficult and that struggle and strife was the way to go. It's, they don't know, here, they don't know why we keep hanging on to that. They don't know why we keep hanging on to that paradigm because things aren't inherently difficult. Things flow, things unfold. And they're saying, we talk about, I want to go with the flow. I want things to be easy. I want this, I want that. And we talk about peace and we talk about harmony and we talk about all of these things and they go, yay, you've got it. And they're so happy for us and they're so excited for us. And then we choose, we voluntarily lean into something that's difficult. We voluntarily push something that doesn't need pushing. We intentionally create conflict based on some construct in our mind where there is no conflict. And then they go, and they're like, they're so Often, they're, they're saying there's that meme where it's like this guardian angel crying and they're saying, this is my guardian angel. And they're saying, yes, like this is how so many ascended beings, ascended masters are when they watch us. And they're laughing because they watch us with love and there is no judgment around us doing it wrong because we're not doing it wrong. We are all doing it perfectly right. It's just that we're making it so much harder than we need to do. And the analogy they're showing me is, oh, that's funny. <laughs> you guys are funny. They are so funny. They said it's like we're standing on one leg and trying to balance and cook dinner. And we're trying to stand on one leg and trying to balance and do all these things. And we don't need to stand on one leg. We can put our feet firmly on the ground. We can balance ourselves and we can just do it easier. And it's like we like the challenge and the, of balancing on one foot. And the reason I was laughing is they said, it's no joke that your mascot, your favorite animal is the flamingo. And that was a message to me, like, why are you always trying to balance and making that so much harder? You're not better by doing it on one foot. You're not better by leaning in and doing it the hard way. You're better by doing it the easy way because it makes you better inside. And there's so much ego around I have to make this hard and hard things are more worthy and if I do the hard thing I'm a better person and I'm stronger and I'm more resilient and all of that and their message is if you need that to make you feel better you do you and we are still here to support however why are you balancing on one foot and trying to juggle and doing all of these things just do the thing and simplify and when we talk, oh, that's true. 
Okay, when they talk about enlightenment, it's light. It's making you lighter. So it's enlightenment. And they're saying we're lightening it up from all of this extra stuff that you're putting on yourself to make yourself worthy or worth it or good enough or whatever it is that we're putting on. Enlightenment is throwing that stuff off and making yourself lighter and just allowing yourself to flow in that place of ease and grace. And they're saying, that's what the grace is about. Oh, the grace is that you get it. You get it without having to prove yourself. That's grace. You get to receive all of that without having to prove yourself. So put both feet down and lighten up by letting go of all of these things. It's not better and more worthy because you worked harder. Success is ours for the taking. Joy is ours for the taking. Relationship is ours for the taking enlighten and receive that grace. God is grace. God is love. He, she is giving you that grace so you can just accept it and run with it. So that's their message for this week. Be in grace. Go in grace by having the grace of not having to work for it and for just allowing to receive and to flow. That is complete. Be the, be, be the flamingo. <laughs> and use the flamingo as the reminder that you don't have to stand on one foot. Just receive. Yep, the message is complete. Until next week. Bye. Hello and welcome to Coffee with the Librarians, week of January 3rd, 2023. The message that the librarians want to welcome us into welcome welcome us into 2023 with is all around fear and how there is so much fear in our hearts in our relationships on this planet and they jokingly ask us to to look around to look around at all of the systems and structures that we have created on our planet, in our world, that are designed to keep us out of fear, to keep us safe. And they kind of laugh at how much we build up to prepare, to prepare and prevent bad things from happening. And it's not that they're saying it's not that it's not wise to save. It's not that it's not wise to protect yourself. It's not that it's not wise to do things that keep you safe. But what they're asking us to realize is the words they're saying is the cloud of fear. To realize this cloud of fear that we have on our hearts, around our being. This cloud of fear that is hanging over the whole planet. And they say if we could see inevitable, that's a strange word, but the inevitability of the bad things that happen, that we would actually be less fearful because things do happen. But our worrying about them and our hanging on to the fear only brings them to us more and they make them more more difficult to process. And if we had more of that energy on this planet that accidents are inevitable, 
catastrophes inevitably happen. Things sometimes do happen that we would actually have much less fear and much more joy. Oh, because we would have more joy because we'd say, well, it is inevitable that things will happen sometimes. It's inevitable that we will get shut down at some point in time. So we need to enjoy right now. We need to live fully right now. We need to be in this present moment and love and laugh and partake. Partake is the word they're giving me. So when we look at the inevitability of bad things, it allows us to partake in life more. And they're saying to go into 2023 with the intention of dissolving the fear, to dissolve the fear that has clouded this planet, that has clouded our heart, that is surrounding us. Move into the inevitability and partake in life. Partake in this year in particular. And they're saying they recognize that that can almost sound traumatic to some people to say, well, things are inevitable that it that will happen. But to sit with that and to allow the peace of that to flow into you so you can partake this year. Have a good week. I'll see you next week. Hello there and welcome to Coffee with the Librarians, week of January 10th. Yes, January 10th. (sighs) I don't have a preview for today, so I'm excited to tune in and just see what the librarians have to say. Oh, there is so much goodness here. What they want to talk about is our emotions, our feelings. And what they're asking us to do is to connect into how miraculous it is that we have these emotions and that we have these feelings. And how so often we strive to have a life of peace. We have a li- strive to have a life of harmony. We strive to have everything be in balance and how they laugh when they hear us say that. And what they're saying is when we are in that state of balance, it's really a state of boredom. (laughs) And although we are meant to feel good and we're supposed to feel good and we hold ourselves back from feeling good more often than not, to recognize the thrill in emotion. And they're even saying the thrill of drama. They're saying, why do you think so many people are drama addicts? Why do you think so many people watch TV and movies and read books with drama? We are drama addicts because it's the antithesis of boredom. Because we are not here in a body on earth right now to not feel. We are supposed to feel, we are supposed to experience and express. And it's not that we're supposed to lean into spinning up drama. It's not that. But it's to recognize that this is the the fun part of humanity. This is the fun part because we get to solve the problems. And when the problems aren't here to solve, why be here? 
Why be in a body? Because this is why we're here, because we have hands, we have minds, we have bodies. We can create, of course, this is the giant, I love this analogy. They're saying we are in the giant sandbox of life. We are in the giant snowstorm of life. And they're really laughing as they say snowstorm, because with a snowstorm, you can create snow things, snowballs, snowmen, snow angels, snow houses, snow forts, snow all you can create with snow. But so often people are like, oh, this is so hard and this is so awful. You have to have this stuff in order to create this stuff. And then they're also talking about like the sandbox of life. We're creating it. We're building it. You've got to wet the sand to create and then it falls apart and it's temporary. And they're saying that the reason, oh, this makes perfect sense. The reason so many people are fascinated with things like, oh, okay, this is, yes. Uh, chalk paintings, snow sculptures, ice sculptures, all of those things is because of the temporary nature of them. And they're also bringing, showing me the um, mandalas that, that I think it's the Buddhist monks create that are made in sand and literally one breath or one wind will blow them away. And that our creation is fun and that oftentimes we need the junky stuff to build with. They say people who hate snow, that's like the biggest thing. Like you hate snow, but here's the tool that we're giving you to build with. You hate whatever it is, drama, pain, all of that. No, you're not supposed to love pain. No, you're not supposed to love drama. You're not supposed to create more drama. But what you're supposed to do is take the stuff that has been created, of course, from that drama and use it to create with, which is why this makes perfect sense, which is why so much good comes from so much bad. And all of those, like it's the silver lining and it's always darkest right before dawn. Yes, because you need all that darkness to get the stuff in order to build so you can have something to create because you're here to create and it's supposed to be really, really fun. And to not separate ourselves from the emotion, from the joy of that creation, to keep leaning into that creation. So it's not creating drama and negativity for drama and negativity's sake. It's to take the stuff while we're here and to be able to do it. And what they're saying is we don't realize how much this is making me cry and I don't know why. Oh, it's just like an overwhelming rush, but we are going to miss the drama so much. We're going to miss the creation so much. We're going to miss it all so much. So why, when we're here, when we get this opportunity to build and to create and to be in all this drama, are we like, oh, I don't feel that good. I wish I was just like, blah, blah, blah. lean into it, lean into the emotion, lean into some of the pain, lean into the drama. Again, not that you're creating it to make bad things happen. You're just taking what comes and you're just being in it and feeling it. And so many people, they're saying so many people don't want to feel. So many people are cutting themselves off from feeling because they don't want to feel the pain. Feeling the pain feels good. Sounds like a weird dichotomy, but feeling the pain feels good. Feeling the joy feels good. Feeling is what feeling Feeling is what feels good. It's an egoic judgment to think 
that we can only feel the good and not the bad. And they're saying it's not as simple as if you don't know good, you won't know bad and all that stuff or vice versa. It's the act of feeling feels good. The act of having intense emotions feel good. The act of having any emotion feels good. So to stop cutting ourselves off from feeling, to allow ourselves to feel fully all the time, because that's the joy of being here, and to create from what's here. (sighs) Thank you. And so much gratitude for that message. Go feel. Spend this whole week just feeling whatever it is that you're feeling. Have an amazing week and I'll see you next time. Bye. Hello and welcome to Coffee with the Librarians week of January 17th. Um, I got a little preview from today's message and I am excited to tune back in and bring it to you. The message that the librarians want to share is one around the concept of closure. Um, <laughs> they, what they say, I'm laughing because it's kind of funny the way that they say it because it's a little cheeky. They're saying they don't really know where we got the idea that we need closure or that we deserve closure or even why we want closure. Um, they're saying the concept of closure, the idea of closure, neglects, not neglects, ignores the continuation of energy and the continuation of life and the continuation of relationship between all people, between people and things, between between everything. From their perspective, everything, there's continuity in everything. Everything is connected. Everything continues to flow. If a relationship ends, it doesn't end. It just transitions into something else. But both parties keep going. If a job ends, it doesn't end. The company still continues. The other employees still continue. You still continue. There's a continuity in all things in life. There's Everything continues to flow. Even when something ceases to exist, it continues to flow. Whether that is a business that is folding, whether that is somebody dying, whether that is anything that we would think of as an ending, what they're saying is is it it continues to flow. It continues to be something. And our idea, the way that we try to put closure around something, and close it and then put it in our past is just not what it is because we can't ever have closure. There's no such thing as closure. We've got our consciousness here. The The example that they say is it's not like we have necessarily closure every night when we go to bed. There's still dishes in the dishwasher, maybe, you know, laundry in the washing machine. There's still work that you need to do the next day. It's not that you finish all your tasks at the end of the day, go to bed and then wake up to a fresh day. Everything is rolling over. You don't go to bed and relationships cease to be. Everything is a continuation of everything. And what they point out around closure is, first of all, questioning, where did you get that idea? Where did you get the idea that closure is a thing 
and that it's something that you want or need or believe in because it's not a thing. There is no closure. You will never get closure. And then the question on that is the false belief of why do you think you even want closure in the first place? What does that mean? And they're saying none of us really even know what closure means anyway. It means that we don't want to integrate. It means that we don't want to integrate. It's us being stubborn. Closure is us being stubborn and saying, I don't want to integrate that. I don't want to integrate that. I want to keep it outside of me, whether it's the homeless problem, the drug problem, the whatever problem it is. When we try to solve these problems, the energy that we go at it is we're going to solve this problem. We're going to solve the energy problem, the climate crisis problem, the whatever problem it is, it's solve it, close it, and then get out of here because I don't want to have to deal with it. And what they're saying, sorry, there's like a hair in my face that's bugging me. And what they're saying is there is no closure. There's only integration. There's only continuation. This is why, you know, going back to like Nancy Reagan and just say no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because we can't just have closure on drugs. We can't just say no more drugs, just say no. We can't say no more teen pregnancies. We can't say that. We have to integrate all of it in with us because we can't close it because everything is a continuation of everything else. And the more that we push something outside of ourselves and refuse to integrate it by seeking this thing called closure, the bigger that thing becomes and the more it bumps against us trying to get in. And yes, they're saying they're aware of the whole phrase, what you resist persists. And there's truth in that. But from an energetic standpoint, what they're showing is like this energetic bubble and that it's literally trying to get in. And we're like, nope, nope, nope. And if we just let it in and it integrates and then we all move forward. And it's funny. It's like the blob. Yes, we just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But that's the whole point because the more I integrate, the more you integrate, the more everybody integrates, the more we reach that state of unity, the more we reach that state of divine connection and consciousness. And that's what we want. And they say it's so funny to see us like saying that I just want to be happy. I just, why can't everybody just get along? but we're going to solve this and we're going to put closure on that. We're going to put this behind us and we're going to ignore racism and sexism and we're just we're just going to solve it and be done. And it's not about pushing it away, it's about pulling it in. So, have an amazing week. Uh there's a lot there. Bring it all in, integrate, integrate, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Hello, this is Laura Cheadle and today is January 24th. And this is Coffee with the Librarians. Today's message is all around connection. And what they want to illuminate, yeah, they want to illuminate, is the different ways of connection and how much of the loneliness and disconnection that we feel on earth um, today, as well as at different points in the past, and they also say in the future, is really due to our limited perception of what connection means. And what they want to, again, illuminate is how many different ways we have of connecting. 
And what they're showing me is we have the ability to text people. We have the ability to call people. We have the ability to email people. We can see people face to face. We can talk. We can use sign language. We speak different languages. We can just gesture. Um, they're joking with me because I always joke about using interpretive dance. And they're saying, you can use interpretive dance. There are so many different ways to connect. We can also just connect physically, like with a hug or placing our hand on somebody. And yet still, what they want to, again, the, the word keeps coming up, illuminate. So I'm wondering if there is some sort of a double layer to that meaning. I'll have to go into that in a minute. But what they want to illuminate is how limited our idea of connection really is. And when we say we miss somebody who has passed away, we're just saying that we miss them in one form. They are still here. Their presence is actually still here. Their energy is still there. We can still call their energy to us. Their energy can still impact us. They're showing that their energy can still come in behind, around, through us, and that they can still impact us. We can still have that communication. It's just that we are missing a point of contact. We're missing physical communication. We might be missing email communication and phone communication but we're not out of communication with them. We're not out of contact with them. We're not lonely without them. We're just missing that one little form of communication. And they're bringing in the word communion as well and communing with other... How to say this? Communing with different aspects of ourself. Communi communing with different aspects of other people is really communing with different aspects of ourself. And when we open ourselves up to an internal experience with ourselves, can be communing with somebody else too. Because if I'm in a place of prayer or meditation and you're halfway around the world in a place of prayer and meditation, we can meet in that place. And when we're in that place of prayer or meditation or whatever it is, and we're meeting others, that's connection, that's community, and we're not lonely. And breaking out of the idea that we need to use these five senses that we have here and now as our only means of connection and communication, and realizing that we are only lonely, oh, that's funny. We're only lonely because we're limiting ourselves to these different ways to connect. And when we open up, we can connect from the heart and we can just feel. And they're asking us to do that right now. Just open your heart, whether you need to touch your heart to, to connect into that feeling or just breathe into it, to open your heart and to feel the love that is all around for you to connect into, to close your eyes and to go into that vastness in, in your head that the deepest points of connection are accessed by going within, not by going without. And that's the big summary. The bottom line is the deepest points of connection are made by going within and connecting with others that way instead of going without and using our physical five senses to communicate and connect with others. So there you go. Enjoy it. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Hello and welcome to Coffee with the Librarians week of January 31st. Um, this is a big one. This is all about the ugliness within and 
our inability or unwillingness is actually the better word to look at the ugliness within. What the librarians want to talk about is how there are so many things that we dislike, that we even hate about the world, about society, about humans, about each other, about relationships, careers. There's just so many things that we're dissatisfied with. There's so many things that we find unfair or not right or ugly or frustrating. And the message that they wanted to bring in today was that whenever we are seeing things on the outside, to remember that the only way to cure those things on the outside is by addressing what we see out there within us. And they're very clear that this is an uncomfortable thing for us to do because what we want to say is, I am a good person and I would never do this. And I am a good person and I would never do that. And while it may indeed be true that we are a good person and that we wouldn't do that one thing, what they ask us to do is to take it a level deeper. While we might not do that one thing, there is something else that we would do. Because the word is striated. <laughs> that it's all, that, that there's all these different strands of things, of good, of bad, of evil, of right, of wrong. And even though we wouldn't do this one thing, there's other things that we wouldn't do, that we would do. Even if we wouldn't lie in this way, we would lie in this way. Even if we wouldn't harm in this way, we would harm in this way. And what they want to remind us is all harm is harm. All evil is evil. It's, it's not that it's the scale of worse than, better than, I would do this, but I would never do that. The second that you disconnect from your source, from your soul, and slide into anything evil, bad, wrong, you have made the slide. And it's the recognition in us of ourselves that I have made that slide that is the ugliness within us. So th they want to be clear that it's not something that we should give up and say, okay, well, I refilled my um, drink twice at the machine and I didn't pay for it the second time. So therefore that is just as bad as murdering somebody. No, that's not it. it it's, it's not that we should just give up because it's all bad. It's the, the awareness of that within ourselves and that we still went there. The fact that we will go there on a small thing is still going there. And until we address that within ourselves, it can't be addressed in the world at large because we have to address that within ourselves first. Otherwise, nothing is going to change. And it's not from a place of hopelessness that nothing will ever change, but it's just that recognition within ourselves that they're asking us all to do. And, and no, it's not that we have to live a squeaky clean, perfect life 
It's just the, the, the recognition of the ugliness within ourselves. So if somebody asks you, how does my hair look today? And you think it looks awful, but you don't want to hurt their feelings. So you say, fine, or great, or whatever it is. It's the recognition that I am telling an untruth. And it's staying out of the need to justify it. Oh, well, I'm doing it because I want to make them feel better. The justification doesn't matter. The justification makes it worse. Whether it's a kind justification or an evil justification, it's recognizing within yourself what you're doing. I am telling an untruth. The end. Don't justify. Because as soon as you step into the justification, then you're not fully recognizing that within yourself. So if you lie, cheat, steal, harm, whatever it is, it's just recognizing it within yourself. And they say that the more that we recognize it within ourselves, the more that we're brave and just own up to that and admit it, the less likely we are to continue to do things that are harmful. But we can't keep looking at choices and actions of other people and judging that. We have to understand it by looking at ourselves and not judging it. That's one of the little tricks too. It's not judging it. It's recognizing it and it's owning it without justifying it. And if we want to change the world to combat evil, that's what it takes is looking at that within ourselves. So have a good week. Catch you next week. Hello and welcome to Coffee with the Librarians, week of February 6th. This is a second take of this because it's so funny, but midstream, they changed the message and then the message was on a fresh start. And it just really cracked me up because I'm like, oh, way to demonstrate. So today's message is on the power of the fresh start and how so often we get tied into opportunity cost. You know, that I've already done this, I've already been into it, I need to fix this, I need to repair this, I need to see this through. And there is no spiritual benefit to sticking with something once you decide that you need a fresh start. And they wanna be really, really clear on that. If you, if you feel like you need a fresh start on something, you need a fresh start on something. and. There's so much embarrassment or shame or emotion around that we have to repair something, but repairing something is so much more difficult and draining than just doing an absolute true reset, true fresh start, clearing out the old and absolutely starting the new. It's also really ironic because I'm doing some... Um, cleaning out right now and how I'm cleaning out is I'm a gut gutting a couple of closets and pulling everything out and starting fresh and they're showing me some of the energy around that like the the, the difficulty of shifting things to one side and then shifting it to the other side and then is so much more cumbersome and time consuming and less satisfying than just gutting something and starting anew and yet they say we have this idea on earth that there's virtue in holding on to things. And it's not that it's just about 
not just. It's not at all about waste. It's not at all about waste. It's about the tools that we have been given. It's about building with what we have and how we so feel, oh, this is fun, how we feel compelled to use all of the material that we have been given and how nine times out of 10, we are beginning with somebody else's foundation. And when we begin with somebody else's foundation, it's not our own. And the freedom to take everything down and to start with your own foundation is really where it's at. And even if you decide you're going to take everything down and rebuild it the same, at least it's yours. And this is all part of that conscious creation. But in order to consciously create, we need a white space. We need a blank space. They're showing me now that you can't take somebody else's big vision board and just like put your own stuff on it because that's not your vision. Even if somebody else has something on their vision board that is something that you aspire to and that you want to as well, you might put it in a different place. You might layer something differently. So it's the power of creating it for yourself and the power of fresh starts. And that's what they wanted to bring in today is do not be afraid of a fresh start. Take the fresh start every single time. Even if you rebuild it the same, at least it's yours. And at least you have swept away the cobwebs and the old energy from the first creation. So there you go. Have a good week. Bye. All right. How was that? It's a lot, isn't it? I, I, I always love the wisdom that is shared. It always feels uniquely appropriate. It always feels like exactly what I need to know in the time. And then sometimes when I think, oh, I don't really get it, what's going on? Usually it'll be like the next day and something will come in and I'll go, oh, that all makes perfect sense right now. Now I get it. Now I understand it. Blah. <laughs> so whatever that is for you, I hope you got a lot of what you need. Um, if you've got questions, you know, as usual, always reach out to me. One of the things that I love the most about podcasting is the people that I get to meet and the connections that I get to make. And it's funny because sometimes people are like, wait, you really, really want me to reach out? I'm like, yes, I really, really want you to reach out. I enjoy the connection. I enjoy the talking. I enjoy hearing what you have to say. I enjoy the conversation and the interaction. So if you've got questions, do not hesitate to reach out. Um, Laura, L-O-R-A, at Laura Cheadle. L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E dot com. And again, you can find me on social media and you can meet, message me there as well. Except, I will be perfectly honest, um, I am much more likely to respond if it's on just plain email because sometimes I get so many messages on social, I just lose track of them. So Laura at LauraCheadle.com is the best way to reach out. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you feel. And I will see you next week. Bye. You're listening to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love. After infidelity or betrayal. 
Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. 